Addicted is a 2002 K-drama movie that I absolutely adored. Addicted stars Lee Byung-hun. And his co-star is E. Mi Young. These two, wow. And let me give some props to E. Yorjin. He was also in this drama. Wow is all I can say about that. If you consider yourself to be in a drama slump and, you know, you just don't have those highs of completion as often as you would like, Check this movie out because this movie will pump fresh life into your body. Now, if you don't want to watch this movie and you want me to continue to give you the story, keep listening. If you don't want me to blow it for you, then here's your fair warning. So Addicted is a movie that just blew me away. Its quality was so high its year does not trouble me for those of you girls and guys who are able to watch content and enjoy it no matter how low the damn production value is no matter you know how bad the damn you know it's not 4k it's more like you know 500 something understand that this drama or this movie it will only take you seconds to get over whatever issue you may have with all this damn high tech that we have now because you'll be reminded that it's the story you're after. And something about Korean society in the early 2000s, I'm going to say between maybe 99 and 2000, maybe 12 to 14, they had a culture that was a lot freer. You know what I'm saying? Where nowadays it's cool to wear, you know, underwear length fucking dresses and skirts. But showing your top, like, you know, wearing a spaghetti strap is frowned upon in public. Okay, well, this is the era where it was flipped around. The girls wore their little boot cuts with their little tank tops or maybe even belly shirts. Something feels so much freer about just the entire approach to storytelling in Hanguk back then. And I'm sure that that's just, you know, a kick down nostalgia lane. And it seemed that way. And maybe, you know what I'm saying? It would feel different if it was 2002. But I just really enjoyed this movie and all of its simplicity and everything. Lee Byung-hun? Oh, my God. When you watch this movie... If you haven't already consumed this content, which I have, but you're going to want to go and literally get lost in his world until you have nothing else to watch of his. He is that really good. So this movie tells the story of two brothers who are joined at the hip. You got um, in the drama, the Hyung's name is Hwang Ho-jin. He is the elder, and the Dong Sang is Taejin. Taejin stays with his brother. Whatever happened to their parents happened, but these two have gone into adulthood. They're good and grown. They're in their 30s, and they're living together, and they have decided that this is what they are going to do, which we know is not odd in communal societies like that. Families stay together. So... Ho Chin, the young, his wife is 
Ha Young Su, and she lives with the brothers. And you thinking to yourself, wow, this is just one little happy family. You know, he, he's living with his wife and his he's living with his brother and his wife. And when you see his style of life, he's a race car driver. You know, he's stoic. He's got a hanger on. You know, he's got a girl who, you know, she's thirsty. She, she'll she do anything for him, including allow him to tread all over her feelings. You know, and it's not so much that he's being an ass wipe. It's that he's not interested, you know, and... He can't give you no play if he don't want to play. And she doesn't mind. But at the same time, she holds it against him because there's nothing she can do to gain his anything other than a platonic situation where she's helping him out when he goes to the racetrack and has his races and does his thing and all this. So these two brothers, um, they are peaceful. Um, the elder, the young, he is a carpenter. He makes furniture and he has a gallery opening very soon where he's going to have an exhibit where reporters and the who's who of Korea are going to come and they're going to have a look at his handcrafted, you know, specialty. He has a lot of pride in this and you can tell. His wife, his wife, she's a professional and, you know, she has a job that she's very impassioned about and she's dedicated herself to. And Taejin is he he's the daredevil. He's the younger brother. He he's the fine one. And, you know, he everybody expects him to be exactly what he is stoic and just, you know, but at the same time, they don't under maybe understand, you know, what motivates him other than race driving because he doesn't have a woman he doesn't have a wife and he's not doing those things that you would expect out of a man who is knocking on 30 or maybe even in his 30s so you know our young doesn't want his younger brother doing such a dangerous job I mean, they're on pins and needles every time he goes to race because one an accident in driving means you die you get maimed and this happens to him because he has a terrible accident on the racetrack one day. And Hotin is a brother that loves his younger brother so much that at first he refused to go to any of his races because he just didn't agree with it. And he didn't want to. He felt that if he encouraged, if he went, that he was showing approval. But that wasn't it. He didn't want his brother to be in harm's way. However, Taejin needed that approval from his brother because it was his love language. And Hojin, being the sage of the family that he was, knew that it if if this is what conveys my love to you, I'm willing to go and watch something that is hurting me to watch you do so Hojin decides that he's going to go and watch his little baby brother do this old dangerous ass job because this is what he wants and I'm gonna give him what he wants he's the baby so he prepares to do that he takes a taxi over on over to the racetrack and on his way to the racetrack Udi Hojin has a or Hojin has a terrible car accident simultaneously Taejin has had his car accident so our two brothers who are freaking faded and shit they are both laid up in the hospital except Taejin 
He's all battered and, you know, bumped and bruised. The triple B. But, you know, he ends up making his way out of the hospital. Uri Dear Young isn't quite so lucky. He is in a coma. While he is in a coma, our brother-in-law and our sister-in-law have got to continue to live. As impossible as a prospect of continuing to live with your husband, you know, on life support and your little brother having had, you know, his ass handed to him via the fucking racetrack. You don't know whether you coming or going. You know, eventually she has to go back to work. You know, our um, Teichin has to figure out life as well. In comes the creepy vibe of the movie. Because throughout the movie, Teichin has never been vocal. He's never been emotionally expressive. He has never been forthcoming with the things that filter through his mind. Now he's speaking. Now he is cooking which was Hojin's thing. Hojin was the one that cooked your ass an 18-sided meal. Now, he goes to the carpentry studio and he making dressers and shit. And and Sue is like, baby, have you incarnated into my husband? Are you possessed? And then she goes to a doctor and this doctor throws out that old plot like, yeah, we've heard of this. It's called, you know, convenient plot for this K-movie. And so she goes home and she's looking at him. She's like, damn, this seems like this might be true. And so, you know, they kick that game back and forth to each other because they're living in the house with each other. They have to go and see the brother and they have to do all these different things. They have to coexist in this funk of life without our lovely Hojin. One day they're in the carpentry studio and they talking and he talking to her and she talking to him. And it's come to an apex because she's like, look. There is no way that you know me like that. And I know you like that. Well, I do know you, but you don't know me like that. You're acting like you're Hojin. I need you to stop because, no, you're you're not him. There, There's no way that this is actually you. Something is going on. Something with that accident happened to you that is making you react like this. But I need you to stop because it's hurting me for you to be, you know, baby Hojin running around this motherfucker. So he starts to spit that game at her in such a way that it is information that nobody but Hojin would know. And this wins her. Because little brother fine, baby. You Have you, have you ever dated Okay, never mind. All I know is that Jin is E Byung Hyun. Okay, end of story. I'm going to end this podcast because you know what happened. She succumbed to him. How do you not? Look, I don't know if you even had to pretend to be Hojin for me. I'm just saying. You could have been Jin, baby, and just was nice or something. I don't know. But anyway, he accomplishes being able to get with her and they get together and y'all when you see this makeout scene how can I call it a makeout scene that's too gentle hmm. it make it makes you want to say okay let me put in a query for all 2002 movies in Korea because this if this is what if this is what I get from a 2002 production and I can't get there from a 2024 production. What should I be doing? What should I be watching? Yeah. So, yes, 
I, all I can say is yes to their their scene. It was just like, who, my Lord? I just, I don't know if tricking me is something you exactly had to do. I'm just saying. Anyway, they're on the heels of this. They move on with life. You know, the brother's still in the hospital with the coma, you know, and they're doing their thing. And it comes to the place that no family wants to have to come to with their loved one on life support and shit ain't getting no better, brain dead. Where it's like, you know what? This guy's body is, portions of his body are literally dying. And the doctor is like, you're going to have to make a decision that's best for him. Not for you and your fucking fragile emotions go talk to your little brother and y'all need to come on with it so they go back to the hospital and they have they best on they black they standing at the foot of the bed and the three doctors are hanging around and they checking vitals and he nods at the guy who pulls the plug and they watch their loved ones oxygen rate Flatline, they watching the heart rate go flat. They watching the blood pressure tank until the whole screen is nothing but a consistent line. And so they cremate him and they take him out to the sea to spread those ashes. And they go back home and they move on. And now we come to the exhibit. The people that he's been organizing this exhibit with are Teichin, who has now just assumed the complete role of Hochin. They've never really seen Hochin. So when he goes to this gallery and has his little exhibit and has the perfect day, I mean, I got a woman I love. I am Hochin. I've been possessed by his spirit or something. I'm living my best life. Udi Untu isn't feeling all that great because that night they had should have made a baby. He made a whole motherfucking baby in her. So she went home for a little bit. She was like, I'll be back, but I got to go home and throw up or something because I don't feel all that great. You know that baby you deposited last night? I'm pregnant already. But anyway, she goes home one thing leads to two things and she goes into the workshop and her mind starts to do some things where the incongruencies in life such as it has been over the last few months all start to culminate into the fact that our Teijin has a sinister streak that she discovers as say on the wall there's some type of art and she removes this art and she goes into this let's just say chest of sorts that's in the wall she pulls the door open and she finds every love letter that has ever been written to her every love letter she's ever written um you know seeds of her favorite flowers and all these different things that are sacred to her and hojin the first one the og hojin and it turns out that our sexy dejin he actually set all this up every single drop of it his brother didn't know anything about first of all Tejin 
did genuinely see Yunsu first. He was a photographer. He's really passionate about that. And he was out taking pictures one day of the, you know, scenery. And she went by on a bike and just she had a winning smile and she won his heart. And from there forward, she was his or he was hers, one or the other. And he loved this girl and he just could not wait until he could find her again. And one day his brother invited him to dinner and they were having, you know, a good time. And he was like, I got somebody I want you to meet. And he was like, oh, shit, Hyung's in love. And who do you think Hyung was in love with? Yeah, he was in love with Unsu. And Unsu sat her ass down and was like, hey, nice to meet you. Oh, you're so cute. You know, your little brother, y'all so cute and all this stuff. And at that point, he realized, you know what? I love my brother so much. First of all, I'm never going to tell him that I love his chick. But because I can never have her, I can have her, though. As long as I stay home, as long as he is married to her and I can stay by her side via staying by his side because we live in the same house. If I have to love her from a distance, I'm willing to do that because I still get to live with her. We don't never have to break up. He started to see the silver lining in his brother marrying the girl that he loved. Except his brother didn't know anything about girls. So when his brother was wooing her, you know, before she was made his wife and then after they got married, they continued to court each other, which I thought was adorable. They would give each other love letters, you know, like every day. Except Hojin, he couldn't really write. He kind of know how to, you know, finesse a woman. Tejin did because he fine baby he ain't really have no chicks all like that but he is fine so he was like I'll write the letter for you just just let me do it and you give it to her so he was doing that you know and when she would write the letter he would read it and then he would respond to it and they kept doing that for years so that meant that when Tejin was kicking that call game to Unsu and the damn carpentry fucking lab he was telling her stuff that he knew firsthand because he was writing the letters everything that his brother was doing including them getting down in the you know carpentry shop one night and he had to slide a couple of coins under the table because the leg was off and it was wobbling and rocking and he put a couple of quarters or whatever you call it in korea baby he put a couple of one coins under the table he knew about all that the brother was just telling him everything. I'm like, damn, boy, you ain't supposed to be telling him what you're doing, you know, between the sheets. But this is the way Udi, dear Teichin, was able to win Unsu over because he knew everything. He could authenticate everything because his brother had to sit down and kick the game to him so he could help him win his woman. Now, I was expecting in too, because she always said she was coming back to the gallery. I expected her to go into the gallery guns blazing. Like, how? why did you lie? Why you do this? But on her way back, she counted up the cost. And she probably said to herself, now, if I was Adak Sadang, I would not be that upset because Tejin is fine. Tejin is so fine that when you date his brother you realize damn i should have just kind of played it cool a little bit because his brother is so fine that wow so she counted and tabulated and multiplied <laughs> and divided she was already pregnant she was pregnant by Jean because he put that shit all the way down and he was fine 
And through all this wooing and shit, she probably realized, you know what? Because he was writing all the letters. I am in love with Tejin. I am in love with him. Even though I was married to Ho Chin, I was in love with Tejin all the time. And I think between her house and the damn art gallery, she realized it. So when she got back, he was all like, what's up? And she was like, I'm cool. So look at this chair that I watched you make. So why am I acting like I ain't never seen it? And he was people game. He was like, you good? And she was like, yeah, what, you know, what do you mean? This chair is awesome. Come on, let's look at it. And he, you know, went over there and he played it coy and shit because I know that he knows she's not dumb. And at some point he has to imagine things are going to start to fall into place for her. And when they do, is she going to stay? And I just found that her being able to make that determination that fast and not rock the boat for some, maybe they didn't like that. But for me, because I need a happily ever after and because I needed um, Tejin to win, even though what he did was evil. <laughs> it was evil. I, I can't say that he set up the damn car accident, the taxi ride. I think serendipity was responsible for that. But from the moment that the plug was pulled, he he wasn't he set that up like he was glad to have his end a very touching scene and it's actually the closing scenes is him at the beach dispersing the ashes and an earlier scene all we saw was unto the wife standing there watching him disperse the, the ashes and it just looked like a very you know morose depressing scene and it just looked like he was just gently dipping into the urn and, and doing his thing but when we got a you know first person perspective and we saw him on the edge of the rocks he was talking to the brother the whole time and he was kicking that cold game and this is how we found out that everything that she had discovered in his little secret wall cabinet was exactly you know what he had done and he was apologizing to his brother and he was saying you shouldn't forgive me I know you're not gonna forgive me and all of this and it was just so tragic but it was beautiful it was almost Shakespearean girls and guys and I just on that note I cannot recommend Addicted highly enough 22 years later this movie is 1,000% absolutely worth your time and definitely a body of work by E. Byung-hun that I would not allow to go without watching.